0: welcome to episode 227 of the What whatnots review show where every week we pick a story and we talk about it this could be a movie tv series anime manga comic book audio drama all kinds of entertainment we watch it read it listen to it and then we come back here and we discuss it my name is melissa wilkinson and i am joined as always by kyle springer hello how are you
1: doing, Melissa?
0: I'm doing good. How has your weekend been? My
1: weekend has actually been great. Ah. On Saturday, I went to the comic book store. I picked up volume 10 of Saga as well as volume 5 of Something is Killing the Children, uh which was I jumped into both of those immediately and they are fantastic. I've been waiting so long for Saga to finally be back and it's here. I'm so excited. Uh, And then today was uh, like date afternoon with my girlfriend and uh, we went to a pumpkin patch. We went on a (gasps) hayride. We went to a petting zoo and got some pumpkins. Uh, And then on our way home, we stopped at a pops is what it's called. It's a giant gas station but the inside is a it it is both like a 50s style diner and Uh they have any and all soda you can think of uh but it's all like smaller craft stuff stuff when you came to visit me uh, you brought me a bunch of fitz's soda They had it there. They had Fitz's. Nice. Uh, So I can get all sorts of flavors of that stuff. Uh, I will have those on the captain's log this next week, and I will try one out for the next couple weeks here, like we did did, did with the ones that you bought me. uh,
0: Awesome.
1: Back then, I'm happy you've got
0: a local Fitz's hookup.
1: Yeah, we sure do. Then after that, we went to a pizza place, and I had it was a honey sriracha pepperoni pizza with Whoa. garlic and like the, those mozzarella this oh, man it was so good oh man it was fantastic so i've had a great weekend
0: that's a busy day <laughs>
1: yeah yeah it I, was good
0: we're we're recording in the evening because i uh spontaneously went to a theater matinee today i texted you last night like if i get tickets to the theater can we record it at nighttime?
1: yeah well it's it's your birthday wake it so, is first of all happy belated birthday i've Thank told you. you personally happy birthday on the dates that it actually <laughs> you,
0: you must tell was, me in each but, feed right on each yeah. separate oh, yeah. podcast
1: oh yeah <laughs> absolutely um but uh but, but yeah so it was 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 that the, the birthday related at all were you just like you know what for my birthday i'm gonna go see a play because why not
0: no, it was Hades Town was in town, and mm. I had I was aware of it. And earlier this year, I thought, oh, I ought to go see that. But then I had other expenses come up. I put it out of my mind. And I was visiting my friend Ashley yesterday, and she was going to go. And I'm like, you know what? I think I can join you. I think I can do it. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, Hades Town wonderful production i think it's touring and i think it's gonna be in your town soon so you two can see it
1: we were almost about to we were we're thinking about getting tickets to to, um the rocky horror picture show uh they were doing a a stage play of that but i think we might be a little too busy over the, the next couple weekends so we might not get to go to that but fun stuff Fun stuff, mm-hmm. indeed. Well, Melissa, what are we here to talk about on the podcast this week?
0: This week, we are talking about a film from the silver screen master of horror, Vincent Price. We are watching 1971's The Abominable Dr. Fibes, uh, which is directed by Robert Fust. Fuest. It's guest, but spelled with an F. Fest. I would say this Robert This person Fest. directed it. Robert Fest directed this film. But I,
1: yeah, I don't know how you would pronounce that, but uh I we'll we'll, we'll stick with that. We'll stick with f- fast and if we're wrong, we apologize. Uh but, but but yeah, you you pitched me a series of Vincent Price movies. Yeah. Um cuz it is spooky month here at the review mm. show, so we're covering all sorts of different kinds of horror stuff of all all sorts. Uh and you were like, "You know what? I I we we haven't done any kind of Vincent Price stuff. I think you I had haven't. also said like you personally haven't really seen right. a Vincent Price movie before. Like, you you know of him in pop culture exactly. and stuff like that. But yeah,
0: we we all know Vincent Price. We've all heard his monologue in Thriller. We clearly we've seen him on Scooby-Doo. Well, yep. we know mm-hmm. when somebody is doing like a Vincent Price impression or homage But I I thought I had never seen a complete one of his movies. I realized he is the voice of Radigan, the villain in Disney's The Great Mouse Detective. Yep. (laughs) So I'd heard him, but I don't think I'd seen a complete Vincent Price movie before. And I thought I owed that to him Uh, as he is a fellow St. Louisian like me. He's also from St. Louis. He's on our walk of fame. We all know him. I got to pay homage to my homeboy.
1: Good stuff, good stuff. Yeah. I uh I am re- really not super familiar with a lot of his actual filmography. So I yeah. was kind of in the same boat of like, yeah, I know him just from like pop culture osmosis and stuff like that. Um I I I feel like I have seen something with him. I'm I'm sure I have, but I just don't know what. Um and and that just speaks to how like how much of an impact he, I, I think he has mm-hmm. on pop culture, too. Right. I'm just, I'm just like, I feel like I must have seen something.
0: Right. He seems <laughs> omnipresent. <laughs> like you, you're so familiar with his voice, with his demeanor. You think I must have seen this guy several with times. His look? Yeah, he's yeah, he's so instantly familiar to you.
1: Yeah. Uh, but we ended up watching this one because I guess recently you were at uh, like an art fair or like a farmer's market yeah. or some something like that. Yeah, and- I was at
0: a local art festival. It was yeah. Let Them Eat Art in Maplewood. And I was talking to an artist. I believe the artist was Maxine 13. I bought some stickers, but I don't think I took a business card home. Uh, and this was an artist who did some portraits of some uh, old classic Hollywood stars, including Vincent Price. And I asked, well, what are your recommendations? What are your favorite Vincent Price films? And Abominable Dr. Fibes was, I think, the first one recommended.
1: Yeah, good stuff. So I was like, you know what? I will take that recommendation. Let's do that one. And that's what we're here to talk about this week. The Abominable Dr. Fibes.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Man, this. So I, I was looking at the Wikipedia page and it seems like this is on some like top one hundred list of like influential horror movies, or, or or just like ones of note. Not necessarily yeah. like these are the best, but just like yeah, you you should check this one out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is, I I don't think it's necessarily. Good per se, but it's not bad. There's some things in there that I'm that I'm like, there's some great stuff in in here. The yeah. set d- <kook ăn> design is beautiful. Some of the colors, uh, just how vibrant mm-hmm. the the whole movie is is really not something you see in mm-hmm. a lot of horror movies. Uh, I can only think of like sus like the original Suspiria that was like, oh yes. man, these like vibrant colors, um. But then just the way it's kind of shot, the way it's kind of directed is unfortunately kind of bland in comparison to oh. this stuff.
0: Uh, oh, I think there's some incredible shots in here. There, There is some really interesting stuff in,
1: in there for sure. Like um, it's not uh, like I just i I wish there were like better looks at some of the things in here. Uh, mm. But there are some sequences that I I loved. I enj- enj- enjoyed it a lot. I was like, "This is cool. This is interesting." Um, mm-hmm. So I I I think at the end of the day, I had a blast. Uh, but don't go. I, I think don't go into this expecting to be like super horrified or scared. There's no real jump no. scares. There's some some good comedy in here too. Uh, but it is, I think, especially for its t- time, pretty creepy story.
0: Yeah. I want to start by reading the movie description that I read you last week when I was yes, pitching. Those, which is just pulled from that Google sidebar. In a desperate attempt to reach his ill wife, organist Anton Fibes is horrifically disfigured in a car accident and presumed dead. When he learns that his wife died during an operation, Fibes blames her surgeons and plots an elaborate revenge to punish them for their incompetence. With the help of a mute assistant, Fibes creates a mask resembling his own face and murders the surgeons one by one using bizarre methods inspired by the biblical plagues. Quite a plot description. It takes the actual movie (laughs) A surprisingly long time to lay out to you that that's what is happening. We just see some deaths and we see a guy playing a giant organ. It takes you like 30, 40 minutes to learn like, Oh, this is this guy's name. This is the revenge mission he's on. This is how he's going about it. This is why he wants these people killed. Like the structure of this movie is really odd. You really have to do a lot of the work to try and put the thing together. It's sort of mysterious and and aloof in that way. (laughs) I thought it was a real fascinating watch, just how it was not what I expected plot and structure wise and went beyond what I expected in terms of the visuals. There's some fascinating tableaus in here, Mm -hmm. like his animatronic band. He plays the organ surrounded by this animatronic band of just these like, Six dull figures with like blank faces just (laughs) clomping around on instruments. This is like sub Chuck E. Cheese.
1: I was about to say, eat your heart out, Chuck E. Cheese. (laughs) Good Charles Entertainment Cheese. Step your game up. (laughs)
0: he's got a greater band who is doing greater music but they've just they look like fisher price little people there's like no detail on their face they're just like kind of blocky and the movie just starts you just start with like this animatronic band starting up and then he like rises from the floor playing the organ and then you see him like put his face on and you're like where am i who is this what's happening And I really admire a a movie that chooses to start with no explanation to you. I think that's great. The movie, time after time, was a surprise. Once you figure out, okay, he's killing all the people who he thinks played a hand in his wife's death and he's following these biblical plagues. Okay, you've got that, but it puts a lot more surprise into it than you think. Uh, And like the way in which he murders people specifically tied to those plagues is so wild there is some bonkers deaths in here
1: yeah for sure for sure it's it's a trip for sure um mm. i i i think it was a great recommendation that we got and i would like to pass that along to all of you yeah up there. go check this out if you have not already uh I, I think it is worth watching
0: The only place I found to watch it is some obscure app called movieland.tv that I got on my Roku that looks exactly like the Roku main menu. So I don't know if you can find it anywhere else. If you're on any other device, you can watch movieland.tv. But I really hope you're able to get your hands on this movie. I hope this is like revisited. I want like a criterion collection of this. I want the world to know Dr. Fives. Um,
1: so something that I did not know going into this one, uh, is that there's also a sequel to this, Naomi's, yeah. uh, I, I, I don't know the exact name of it, but from no, what got, I
0: got all the stuff up. It's called, uh, Dr. Fives rises again.
1: That's what I was going to say. It, it it was something like the classic, like Dr. Fives returns or Dr. Fives rises yeah. again. Uh, and supposedly, his murder spree in that one takes him to Egypt and stuff like that. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, you, you don't necessarily need to watch that one to understand all the stuff that's going on. Uh, you can just watch this this first one and just be like, man, what an interesting
0: movie. Yeah.
1: So go uh, check it
0: out we- Yeah. Before we go into housekeeping, I want to tell you, I looked up Vincent Price, the the personal man, uh, because I was thinking nobody sounds like him. He's from St. Louis. He's from the same town I am. I've never met anybody who sounds like him. That's not a Midwestern accent. (laughs) Like, does he have parents from Britain or something like that? Is that what gave him his unique voice? Uh, And I wanted to share you these details from his Wikipedia. He was born in 1911 here in St. Louis. uh, The youngest of four children of Vincent Vincent Leonard Price, president of the National Candy Company. His wife, Marguerite Cobb Price. His grandfather was Vincent Clarence Price, who invented Dr. Price's baking powder, the first cream of tartar-based baking powder, and it secured the family's fortune. Price was of oh, Welsh China. and English descent and was a descendant via his father's mother of Peregrine White, the first child born in Colonial Massachusetts, being born on the Mayflower while it was in Provincetown Harbor. That's some
1: rich history.
0: Right? Uh, he, in- he attended uh, St. Louis County Country Day School, which I think is like in my neighborhood. I think that's like 10 minutes away from here. Oh, wow. Yeah, it doesn't say if his family, if like his parents were directly from England or something. I'm just curious how he got s- such a unique timbre to his voice uh, that, that sounds like nobody else from around here.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Good stuff. Well, yeah, um, I think at that we will take a quick break for some housekeeping. And when we get back, we will dive into the abominable Dr. Fibes more in depth. If you want to support what we do here at The Whatnots, patreon.com slash the whatnots is the best place to do that. You can support us for as little as a dollar a month. You can get all kinds of exclusive content at the $3 tier. You can also get a shout out and a thank you on all of our shows at the $5 tier. A big shout out to all of our Patreon supporters. Thank you all so much. We appreciate it. Thank you. Of course, if you are at the $3 tier, you get access to all of our exclusive content. Uh, And Melissa, you and I just recorded a Patreon exclusive podcast of our Pilots Club on Mockingbird Lane. Do you want to give a quick explainer of what Mockingbird Lane
0: is? Yeah, this was a pilot from the mid 2010s that was not picked up the full series, but did air once as a TV special. And it is a reboot of The Monsters, co-created by Brian Fuller, who's uh, created shows like Pushing Daisies and Hannibal that we've covered here on the review show in the past. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh, Speaking of on the review show, like I said, it's spooky month uh, here. Uh, It's October 2022. Uh, So it's all scary stuff all this month. Last week, we covered a manga by Junji Ito, uh, a collection of his short stories called Shiver. Uh, So I recommend checking that one out Uh, on the captain's log. Melissa, it sounds like you're going to be running some kind of fantasy draft at your work. Uh, So you you uh, employed my my help to create a list of uh, at least 50 monsters. Uh so, yes. so that you could run a monster uh at, yeah. at work there. Uh, so this that is was what a we're doing for our
0: office Halloween party: is we're all going to draft monster squads.
1: <laughs> Sounds fun. Uh, last but not least, on the reactor core. Uh, We have our second Star Wars Andor reaction up for uh, episodes four through six. So please go check that one out. Uh, We also have our reactions to the finale of uh, She-Hulk on uh, or at least the finale of season one. It Mm. seems like a season two has been confirmed in the works, but I also am not 100 percent sure on that because they've also seen. More recent stuff that, that is like Tatiana Maslali doesn't know if there's going to be a season two. So I was like, huh, OK, weird. But we have our reactions to She-Hulk up on the reactor core. Uh, so be on the lookout for that, uh, as well as Werewolf by Night from yeah! Marvel. So more more yeah. scary stuff, more horror, Halloween, good, good fun times. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Uh, but that is the housekeeping for now. With that, I say let's get into spoilers. All right. Spoiler mode. So, yeah. So, actually, the first thing that I want to talk mm. about is the whole description. Like, the, the structure of this m- yeah. movie. Because this, I think, is one of the most fascinating things in this. You you already read the description, so I'm not going to re- repeat it. but. Essentially that description is kind of the spoiler of the movie but it's also n- not per se like that like it's it's so weird cuz you don't yeah. find out that he is like he's doing all of this because his wife died in surgery and he wants revenge on the doctors yeah until like halfway in the movie it actually starts out more just like a crime like detective may yeah. there's some murders that have happened uh th- this this cop is on the scene he's trying to figure it out They're they're always like one or two steps beh- behind mm. but in between all of that you kept being shown these like gruesome murder scenes uh or, or, or creative might be the right word because they're not there's one or two in there that might be gruesome but just these just obscure bizarre murders
0: uh yeah and and i want to say the first one takes place off screen the first murder we see is like the second murder he does and then the police arrive on the scene and one of them's like did you hear about that other murder from a couple days ago where a guy was stung to death by bees this reminds me of that one. So, one of these kills it happens off-screen before the events of the movie, and we never see it.
1: I, I'm, so the murders are all themed, right? They're yes. all he, 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 themed on the biblical ten plagues. I'm assuming that they just maybe couldn't come up with one
0: exactly, Or
1: like no, they, dirt, describe water,
0: well. they describe it. They describe like, it very. Well, like the uh, like, okay. So plague one is boils, and so right. like a bunch of bees. Like a guy's in like some like like they just open his door one day. It's like like his bedroom door, and like he falls out, and it's like he's been stung to death by bees, and his face is covered with so many stings. It looks like boils a lot of them are these sort of approximations of, of it right of biblical yeah. plagues but like that's so, yeah, what the i'm first one,
1: though is like did, mm. did they just that like well we could do some kind of makeup prosthetic thing but like did they think like that would be too horrific and did, they were just like know. you know what let's let's not show that on camera but i don't like, i i feel like they could have but Just an interesting decision. I don't think
0: that's like more gruesome than any of the other things we have going on. This takes really unique approaches to the different plagues. Like one of the plagues is hail. And what Dr. Fibes does is that he finds this guy traveling around in his car. And the movie was filmed in 1971, but seems to take place in like the 20s or 30s. So it's got this like, it's got old school cars like from that time and like mm-hmm. this Art Nouveau aesthetic. But also it looks like 1971. So it's like you feel so out of time with this film. But just picture like an old timey car when I tell you this. Right. Yeah. Like they pipe in uh, like freezing liquid- agent or- into this car. they like liquid nitrogen or right, something. Yeah. And when they like the police find the car and they open the door, the guy's body is like completely frozen and they reach out to touch him and like parts of him crumble away. And that's the plague of hail. Yeah. The wildest one. I think the most memorable death from this movie is the frog plague, which that I
1: think is my favorite one.
0: It's so bizarre. So this guy goes to a party and it's a costume party. And when they get there, and this is like the one time, like This is the first time you like really see Phoebes out there in the world, kind of interacting with one of his victims. He's also wearing his mask. He looks like he's just like another person at this masquerade ball. And he goes to this doctor he's trying to kill and he hands him the mask, like, oh, I'm supposed to wear this. It's a frog mask. And it's not like, and it's a full head mask, like a full rubber mask or whatever that you pull over your entire head. And Dr. Fibes, like, helps him put it on and, like, sort of secures a latch at the back. But then that latch just keeps tightening. And it's not over, like, two or three minutes. It's not instantaneous and it's not all night. It's like he puts the frog mask on the guy and the guy's like, oh, yes, here I am, ready to have a party. I'm going to go mingle. And he, like, walks out into this group of extras who are also wearing, like, bedazzled animal masks And he immediately starts getting uncomfortable and then like kind of pulling at his mask and clawing at his neck. Yeah. And then within like two minutes, he's like collapsed on the velvet stairs. It's like this thing like completely collapses his neck and he starts bleeding and all these other party goers just like stare at him.
1: They have no idea what's happening. Um, But they're like not
0: in a panic. They're they're just like, I mean, huh. he's not. He's what? not. He's not screaming.
1: Like he's not. Like he. He just seems to be stumbling around like he's drunk. Maybe the mask is too tight and he needs to mm. throw up or something. So they're just kind of like, what is happening with this guy here? Like, they're, yeah, they're, they're just confused. But this whole sequence is really, really neat because, um. One of the things, I guess, about this may 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 that I'm sure we'll touch on a little bit more is that Vincent Price never like actually like speaks Uh, speaks like because of his accident that he was in. He lost use of his voice and his face was really disfigured. Uh, He was able to reconstruct his face with prosthetics And then with his knowledge uh, of acoustics, because he has a degree in both music and like philosophy or something like that. He's like Um, a
0: concert organist. Right. Like by profession, but he also has a PhD in theology. That's why he's yes. Dr.
1: Fibes. Yeah. So he 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 has somehow managed to like regain his voice or maybe uses some device to uh, yeah. like do all it. it it's it, it kind of has that sound to it. Like when you see someone that has the device that you stick like mm-hmm. on their neck to like help them speak. Um Yeah. It's it, it just very subtly has that kind of effect yeah. on it. Uh, but when you see him, he's like looking past the chandelier. Like you get this like side profile of, of him just looking and emoting and it is like he is just like this whole mayovi me- uh, me- uh, is just Vincent emoting. That's all yeah. it is. He's not speaking. Yeah. You can still hear his voice because it's voiced mm. over, but He's in as he's watching this guy with the mask, like claw at his neck while he walks up the stairs. You then get like a a value of the stairs as the guys walking up. You also then get a a value from inside the mask and you see the like distorted almost like fisheye lens of these other people like looking at him and all these masks it's creepy it's horrifying and then yeah this guy just uh, eventually like his his windpipe just collapses and the guy falls over and is dead Uh, and it's 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 just like whoa what is going on? This is cool, but it's creepy. But like, yeah, what is happening here?
0: Right. Like it is kind of horrifying and kind of funny. And like this scene, like kind of comes out of nowhere. And like, I knew the theme of the biblical plagues and I knew that frogs was one of them, but the fact that a guy would be killed by a mask that just happens to look like a frog. Like it's so loosely thematically tied to what's going on. I love the abstraction of like how far out they can get with these murders and still tie it back to the biblical plagues. And now, something that makes this hmm? I,
1: I, I was just kidding to say when, when you pitched this, you pitched another Vincent Price Mayo. Yes. That almost has the exact same plot, but instead of yes. the biblical plagues, he's killing people, or that that character is killing people based off deaths that happened in Shakespeare.
0: Yeah, that's theater of blood where he's like a scorned <laughs> actor and he goes after all his critics <laughs> killing them with the so Shakespearean funny. deaths. And then he gives his final critic like the chance to change their mind and like rewrite their review.
1: <laughs> Goodness gracious. Yes, yeah,
0: so maybe this happens several times. Maybe Vincent Price, which is the guy you got to have, I mean, like, hey. pick a profession out of a hat and then pick a weird theme of murders out of another hat. And you've got a Vince Price movie.
1: I, d- yeah. I mean, if if it works, why not do another yeah. version? If it's not the exact same. And you don't like I'm I'm not sure exactly how movie distribution works, but that could be a thing where like, hey, in this region of the country, they got that one. Whereas in this one, they got th- that Mayovi instead the next yeah, Right. Like there could I don't know, but uh a
0: man for to, all seasons,
1: right, to get back to the structure yeah you you do start to see all of these weird, bizarre may, may, may- may-o-vies. but if it like if I were to describe this movie to someone else now, I think I would want to keep the fact that he's doing this for his wife. Or or, because he thinks the doctors like screwed up her operation and couldn't Mm. save her all this stuff. Like, I think I would want to keep that hidden. I think I would describe this more as, yeah, it's a a detective story uh, about a serial (laughs) killer who is killing people based off of the 10 plagues and kind of just leave it at that. But but then leave some kind of note like, but man, the the, the sets on this are kind of ridiculous. Oh, yeah. The 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 murders are really only loosely based on the ten plagues. Like it's not what you think.
0: Mm-hmm. Like this
1: thing, like it is a spectacle yeah. to watch. This <laughs> yes.
0: absolutely the set design is gorgeous. Like he has a full on lair. And, like, when you go to the head doctor, when you go to Joseph Cotton's home, it's, like, the most 70s looking thing. Oh, yeah. It's all, like, oh, yellow yeah. and green and, and like, plexiglass. And there's, and like, wood. squiggles on the wall. <laughs> yeah. It's got all this postmodern furniture, even though I think it is supposed to be, like, the 20s. And yeah. the set design is another thing that makes this film se- feel so surreal. Because all these sets are so heightened and none of them look lived in like there's beautiful like paint treatments and like color schemes on the walls but there's not like any piece of excessive furniture like nobody has like an extra chair or table or lamp or bookcase like there aren't any of the accoutrements that makes someplace feel like a home it's like in that party scene with the frog mask it's just like a big purple room with a staircase with like a velvet stair runner and all these yeah. people milling about with their cocktail glasses and like no other objects in the set. It feels so overtly stagey, but in a way that I think does lend to both the sort of uh, B-movie uh, effect of it and also the surreality and like the kind of horror of it. Like everything feels very dreamlike and, and unreal yes. and heightened.
1: Yeah especially the dance scenes in you've (sighs) described the the set right where he is playing the organ like in the center of this like big stage thing he's kind of lifted up on this platform and he's in the back and then in like a c shape around him is where all these other musicians are but kind of in the midst of that there's like a big stairway and then a dance floor in the center which is dancing this is with the mute partner right is that it what's okay or is this this with like the visions of his wife
0: this confused me i think i thought he was seeing visions of his wife but then i thought oh maybe that is the assistant they're both like just brunette women around the same age and like around the same body type and the assistant whose name is uh I've got it uh volnavia yeah she like keeps going through all these like beautiful I think that's her she keeps going through all these like costume changes so just, she doesn't have like a uniform like the whole time you're like that's her that's her but in a different hat right so like I think I would have to watch the movie again and like better familiarize myself with the different actresses faces to tell when that's his assistant who he's sort of dancing with. Because that's how they unwind as colleagues and friends this. or if he's having some sort of a dream ballet with his dead wife.
1: Let me ask you this. What do we know about the wife? Like, what what are the details that the movie gave us about the wife other than she died in surgery?
0: OK, we, let me read really you know much? the Wikipedia plot description. Okay. Dr. Anton Fibes, a famous concert organist with a doctorate in both music and theology, is believed to have been killed in a car crash in Switzerland in 1921 while racing home upon hearing upon the uh, while racing home upon hearing of the death of his beloved wife, Victoria, during surgery. Fibes survived the crash, but was horribly scarred and left unable to speak. He remade his face with prosthetics and used his knowledge of acoustics to recreate his voice resurfacing secretly in London in 1925. So, yes, it is supposed to be 1925, but also it looks like 1971. Uh, yeah, I guess that is all we know about his wife. Like, we don't I think I don't think we get an answer as to why she was in surgery. Was she ill? Did she have an accident? Uh, yeah, we don't know anything about his wife. Just her name was Victoria. She was really lovely. She died in 1921.
1: Because <laughs> he has a, not. Not only are there these weird scenes where we think that might be his wife, he's dancing with, but he has like a full on shrine to to. Oh her. yeah, her. Where he is, he is like, I love you, my beautiful wife. I will get revenge on the doctors that could not save. Like, oh, like he. Yeah, he has these weird teens that are just kind of like dude you need some help man like, yeah, like whatever you you're doing here a, is not it um you
0: need a hobby like i understand you want to remember your your wife who died in this the, perhaps this incident of medical malpractice and i i understand you want a giant photograph of her in front of like a little desk where you can place flowers and roses and candles
1: but, and some of her, yeah. her stuff there yeah
0: You got it. You got to have a hobby besides murdering the doctors you think killed her and like playing the organ and building an animatronic band. I also want to say this. I'm obsessed with the animatronic band. Unlike the
1: drum. Before we go on to them, can I finish what I was about to say with the the, the wife here? Uh, So I'm I'm wondering if she was a dancer, like a ballroom dancer or something like that. And they met while he was performing some way or they collaborated on something and that's why they met uh i know dancers i i i don't think she would be in a surgery where like they could screw up so bad that the like there's six surgeons working on her or like or, yeah no there, there, there's like hit t- 10 of them right there's nine
0: uh, people all together including the one a nurse and then maybe like six surgeons and other attending doctors of different I, kinds
1: I, I i i don't know if because of dance she would be in some kind of like <laughs> life threatening <laughs> surgery right but i could see her being in surgery <laughs> because of her profession like maybe she did get hurt but yeah. good god she must have or been in an accident
0: She must have been like, I don't know what happens to you that you have that many doctors on you at once. Or like she was ill and suddenly her health took a turn because he's in Switzerland performing or something and has to rush back to where their home in London is, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) We have watched both versions of Suspiria and Black Swan on the show, which do involve very life threatening dance accidents. But I think those are the only movies with deadly dance accidents.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I, I, she she must have been in an accident. But yes, uh, let's talk about these animatronics.
0: This is how the movie opens. Okay, and the drum kit says on it, uh, Dr. Fibes animatronic wizards. And I thought, (laughs) oh, maybe this is another thing he does. Like he was known in his career as an organist, but also an inventor. He invented an animatronic band to play with him. You know, like he took him on the road, uh, and now he has him in his private home. No, that the animatronic band is never discussed, never explained. It's just there in the mise en scene. You're just watching it happen. You don't know, like, where did they come from? He must be an inventor, because he invents all these, like, death traps. Like the whole setup they have at the end with the tubes of acid that are going to take six minutes to kill the doctor's son. Like he's he's got to be a tinkerer. He's got to be making contraptions. And that includes like he made an entire uh, seven piece animatronic band, but they're all the exact same face and outfit. Like he just made seven of the exact same guy to play in an animatronic band. And he like painted his name on the drum kit like he was a celebrity but we have it seems like only him and his assistant ever know that he made an animatronic band
1: no i have to say i did not so i i missed the detail of the name of of like and the wizards um but i when i first saw them i thought they were all real people just like wearing masks, some like creepy mask thing on it. It it almost looks like this paper mache style mask, but the face is just like a little smoother than it should be. Like no details are painted on. There's no lips painted on. There's no eyes. It's just skin. Uh, And so the whole thing is just really creepy. And it wasn't Mm -hmm. until like later on in the movie that I did realize that they were animatronics. Um, but, like, this is what I was talking about with the, like, there's things in there that I think are really yeah. fascinating that I wish we got better looks at. Yes, we do see the animatronics. I don't feel like they were sufficiently shown off in this no. movie. Like, I, I want, like, those things looked
0: horrifying. They looked creepy. Yeah, I'm, and I want to see more of them. I'm just wandering through a Google image search for this movie. These want things want are looks. so bizarre. Yeah. Especially because you can tell. I think those are human actors that are all, I don't think they made an animatronic band. I think these are actors who are just wearing these like exactly. uncanny, like shiny, smooth, like action figure masks and like gloves and just sort of like plopping their hands up and down like keyboard cat on these instruments. Exactly. Oh my God. And then and the wax why it's heads. That's so creepy. The wax heads too so every time he kills one of these people he's got this like ra- this like rotating table that's got a wax bust of every person he <laughs> intends to kill and when he kills one of them he lights the face on fire with a blow and torch the face melt away and then he puts an amulet <laughs> with a like Hebrew symbol representing that plague on the neck of the like half melted wax bust. Yeah. Again, a, no, and we does just he see...
1: put them on the bust, but he wears them when he kills the. Oh, yeah. And then after he's killed them, he puts the amulet on, yes. on this like bust and then blow torches each head as
0: he kills them. I'm like, what? What is going on right. in this movie? And he's- Like, why did you make the amulets? Why did you make the busts? Why did you make it a special, like, revolving table for the busts? He keeps doing these things that are never spoken of or explained in any way. You just keep watching him do them. You see the pattern. You comprehend the pattern. But you never understand the motivation behind anything he's doing
1: absolutely yeah this thing is a fever j- j- dream <laughs> the entire way um,
0: I, just, I gotta send people screenshots of this movie out of context
1: <laughs> so bizarre man oh man um so yeah yeah we 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 already mentioned the one that Faro- so the the one the movie opens with is a plague of bats we just oh my see this god! Guy yeah. Eaten alive by bats. Um, what were what were some of the other ones in there that we we haven't mentioned yet?
0: I want to say I watched this movie with my parents, and my mom was like, "Bats don't do that. This movie's silly." <laughs> it's like, of course, not. She, That's why it's so yeah, horrifying because like, they don't do that, that She was upset that it misrepresented bats and like uh, speaking when you don't have an intact vocal. <laughs> <laughs> so like, that's how that really goes right and when he like this is one of the twit like you see you see him from behind and then you see him like picking up these like wax like features like noses and ear like a nose and ears isn't of multiple noses and it's not until- and then you see just regular Vincent Price and it's not until the end of the movie that he takes all that stuff off and you see the like melted like skeleton face underneath that's horrifying that is a cool reveal when you see what he looks like underneath all the prosthesis and like he and you realize like he like his mouth like his jaws like fused shut like it's just skull teeth right it's just teeth like his mouth never opens that's like a fake mouth like he holds like a stethoscope up to the side of his throat and that's hooked up to a phonograph, and that's how he talks to the poster of his dead wife. And you realize you've been watching Vincent Price like doing all of this silent emoting without opening his mouth. His mouth is static the whole time exactly. i I'm, we're going to talk about these deaths in one second. I just gotta say at first, I was a little disappointed, like, oh, we've picked an actor with such an iconic voice, and this is a movie where he doesn't talk much. After he'd just like given like one speech to the dead wife poster. But then I realized, no, this is the perfect movie to watch. We all know the voice. Let's really study this man's face when he's not talking or opening his mouth at all. And you realize how much. Right. Like how much physical presence he is also outside of the voice. How he does have all these different aspects of him that work in harmony to make him so like instantly iconic and so versatile and so Mm -hmm. valuable. Uh, This was a great look into his career. I'm very happy we watched this. But yeah, all the deaths. Um, Other plagues. So so like you...
1: I was just going to say, we mentioned the one of like this contraption. Uh, One of the final ones is uh, he kidnaps... Like what like one of the main doctors is kids and yeah. surgically inserts a key like just below his h- heart and has mm. this kid hooked up to this giant contraption that w- in six minutes is g- g- going to pump him full of acid And stuff like that, or like acid will like rain down on top of him, or something like that.
0: He's like built this series of pipes in like like plastic curly Q tubes, and he releases the acid. And he's like, it will take six minutes for the acid to drip onto your son. So you have six minutes to like get the key from inside his body, unlock this harness he's stuck in, and wheel him away from the acid tube
1: yeah that one was a neat one because the doctor does save his kid but in the chaos of like getting him out and moving all of this stuff this is where uh what was her name again volnavia volnavia she gets hit by all of the uh stuff uh in in that too um oh yeah and and then there's the other one where they're, like, dripping the the thing from, like, a smaller t- t- tube over the... Like, he, like, drills... It, 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 let me take a step back here. Because he has, like, okay. a full body cutout. Oh, my just like God. A white yes. Out, like, why? I have no idea. Pointless. Not he lays it down. D- doesn't d- d- serve d- d- a purpose. D- down, lays it down on the floor and then drills a hole like right in the middle of the forehead uh which th- as the hole goes through you realize that he must be in the attic of whatever building yeah. he's in and that the hole is now looking over someone sleeping uh yeah. and i i think this is the nurse that he was yes. he-, he killed right and yeah. then like inserts some tube in this hole and there's this like green ooze that goes in there and drips on her and like melts off her face uh no
0: what happens is first oh, he boil- yes first he boils a bunch of brussels sprouts and that's how he makes the green goo okay. i don't and then he like takes a big like health class outline of woman lays it down on the floor drills through the head this of this like a health class poster which is going to be over the head of this nurse in her like hospital dorm room she stays in between shifts he tr- and then he like inserts the tube the tube drips the like congealed brussels sprout goo all over her she sleeps right through it they mentioned she took a sleeping pill so we don't This is the one thing the movie bothers to explain is, oh, she took a sleeping pill. That's why she doesn't wake up when she's getting green goo dripped on her. The goo like encases her and then he lets out a bunch of locusts into the room. And I guess the locusts are attracted to the Brussels sprout goo and they eat her face
1: face off. God, so bizarre. (laughs) So like it's it's so creative though like is is, yeah. is, is the thing it's like i like i'm fascinated by these death traps or death machines or the, just man he like completely
0: stuff. exsanguinates a guy for the the plague of blood mm-hmm. um god there's one there's one for <laughs> beasts maybe that's the bat one is beasts oh, yeah, cattle plague i forget i i need like a Kill count on the these James A. Janice with dead meat. I need the, the abominable Dr. Fives kill count. I need you to go into this. This is one of the most impressive set of kills in a movie. Right? There's Man. what's the one where he like he, they crash the guy's plane?
1: Oh right.
0: you um, Oh, that's the, like oh, the shit. plague of beasts. He like lets a bunch of rats loose in a guy's plane. One of the doctors like is an aviator as a side hobby and he puts on the like little leather hat and he gets up in his biplane and he's flying around and then all of a sudden rats,
1: rats everywhere. And he gets so <laughs> dis- distracted that he crashes his plane um, and like that's the thing It's, it's like you go from some elaborate death machine that he has meticulously timed out to a T like it'll take six minutes for the acid to drip onto to like what if I just use rats to distract him and crash the plane like it's so simple that it's just it's so stupid
0: at the same time it's just like how did you go from each extreme here (laughs) I and there's no scene where we see him planning anything I think he that is kind it. of fun. Yeah. It, like you eventually come to learn, like we knew going in, cause we read <laughs> that plot description. He's using the biblical plagues, but because they're so abstract in the movie, I don't think that I would have realized that's what's happening until the police know. in the movie realize that's what's happening. And it, even then, like even if you've got that concept of, okay, biblical plagues, you're never going to get to, Oh, let a bunch of rats loose in a plane. Like he you're not keyed in. You don't see him putting things together. Or if you do, it's the scene where he's boiling a bunch of Brussels sprouts that's going to lead to locusts, but like you can't draw that line yourself. You can't go A to B to C. Because the movie's going like A to T to G to Y. It's all over the place. You're in the dark. You are just along for the ride with this movie. You are aware it's going. You don't. You're seeing all these images. You've no idea what they mean.
1: So bizarre. So bizarre. Um, Let's see. So then, so we have to talk about the last one. He has finally killed all of the doctors, or most of them, I think, Um, and. He it it is kind of revealed that he is kind of trying to like resurrect his wife or like be or like take care of her, even though she's dead still somehow.
0: We when the police realize it might be him, they're like, no, but he died in a car accident four years ago. We have ashes. And then somebody's like, well, how do you know? those are his ashes. What if he was driving with a chauffeur and you have the chauffeur's ashes. Right. And like they go to the the tomb where supposedly like him and his wife are interred and like both uh, like they test and like, like her coffin's empty. Like they're not there. Her coffin's empty. So you realize he's something happened to her body. And you don't know at that point, it's sort of ambiguous. Like maybe there's no way his wife was alive. You know, it's not like she got up and walked out of there. Like, he must have taken her corpse. And, like, we see at the end of the movie yeah, he's got like one of those, like, bug out beds, one of those, like, panic room beds that, like, entirely seals upon itself. Like, this platform rises up from the floor and it's got a bunch of mirrors on the ceiling. And then inside is, like, a rich, lush bed, and his wife is lying there. And then he, like, lies down there with her under, like, a mural of the sun and the moon and the stars.
1: Yeah. And a bunch of sexy mirrors. But he's, at the same time he lays down in there, he's pumping his blood out into her, I think. And he's putting embalming fluid into him, right?
0: No, he's replacing his blood with embalming fluid. Blood goes out just to, like, a tank of blood, I guess. And then embalming fluid goes Interesting. in. But I don't think the blood's going anywhere. I,
1: I, I don't know. Because um,
0: then they both get sealed in there. Like, I think right, there's a part in the movie where you're in. like, maybe she's back to life. But no, I think she's straight up dead and just, like, weirdly preserved really well. So that she still looks practically alive, even though she's been dead for four years.
1: Yeah. So then the cops sh- show up like right as this like secret room bed, 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 bed thing seals itself. And the day D- D- were just like, he was just right here. Where'd he go? Uh they can't find him. And so they just kind of give up. And they D- D- were like, Huh. I guess the last plague was the plague of darkness. And then like that's just kind of the end. And and you're like, oh, the the, the last plague is himself like he trapped himself in this yeah. thing with his wife and it's just pitch black. Uh but the darkness biblically only lasts for 3 days. So I don't know. I I, I don't know. But it, but yeah, it it just, it just it's a weird ending to the movie where he he just kind of escapes and the cops just kind of give up. They're like, "All right. Well,
0: you escaped." Oh well. Yeah, like we don't really we we've not <laughs> known what to do the whole time. <laughs> they're like not comically inept, but they they truly are like always several steps behind, and we spend a lot of time on just sort of like bland, mundane business with the, with Scotland Yard. Yeah, and sometimes they are really dumb. Like they're talking to to jo- Doctor Joseph Cotton. Uh, and they're like, "It looks like you'll be the final death. I think he's saving you for last, since you were the head surgeon." Well, the final plague, we all you know, we all know that's coming up. You is we know the plague coming up is death of the firstborn. And Joseph Cotton's like, "Well, thank goodness my older brother's already dead. You know, like they can't do that one to me." And then like it takes them a while to be like, "Wait a minute, Joseph Cotton, you have a son. He's gonna go for your son." I'm like yeah, we've known this for an hour. We can see that part <laughs> coming very clearly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> God, it's such a interesting movie. It's fascinating. But that but like that's the thing is is it's it, it like it's so bizarre that I yeah. like I just felt like I was kind of lost some of the times. <laughs> I was like what is happening? That's why I I was like it's not good. Per se, but it's not bad. I, the, the plot I think is actually it, kind of interesting. That he like he's doing it for this reason. There is this detective in the mid, like like it has ingredients for some interesting stuff. It has some set design for some interesting stuff. But yeah, we just it like you said, it goes from like A to T to G to this to it just go, it bounces yeah. all over the place, and it's just like yeah you had all the right things here. It's it could have been better.
0: It's not a such
1: a wild ride.
0: It's not a cohesive movie. It's not a traditionally structured movie. It takes some really wild swings in ways you can't predict. And that ultimately don't make sense. I I don't get what the Brussels sprout thing was about. Like the stuff like the animatronic band or the wax heads never explained. Like (laughs) the stuff just keeps happening. And. Like, I don't think it's a movie that if you were to score it against like a filmmaking rule book, it would not get a positive score. But I loved this ride that I was on where like I am like playing catch up with the movie itself. And then at the end of the thing, I still do not know what was happening half the time. It's so beautiful. It's so surreal. (laughs) It's so eerie. I, I had so much fun with this. I think this is like a kind of a B movie. I would classify it as that oh yeah, for sure, but it has got panache and it like, I think it's good. I think it succeeds on what it wanted itself to be. And I think I haven't heard of, I think I've, I've heard of this title before a couple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think the people who do know this movie really love it. And I'm one of those now. I really yeah, want people sure. to find this movie. I'm I'm also like googling it. I'm I'm in a Google image search so I can revisit some of these beautiful sets. I love the poster for this movie. It's like him looking like he's about to kiss I think Volnavia. Uh-huh. Uh and the poster says love means never having to say you're ugly cuz it's him with his face entirely removed when he's the yeah. skeleton man. Yeah. And there's another one that's that image but there's a big sticker over his face that says the authorities will not permit this face to be shown on advertisements like it is so schlocky sensationalism. It's wild. I, I dig it. I dig what this movie is about. And I want to talk briefly about what I mentioned earlier with the cinematography in this movie. Yes. There it's the film stock looks like it's almost like it's shot on video or something like sometimes it has the look of like an old soap opera it's got mm. that kind of visual quality to it which is
1: it's odd. yeah, it's it's less cinematic and more like tv studio if yeah, that m- makes kinda,
0: sense kind of i think it adds to it's part of the soup of odd things that make this movie work for me yep. and there's a couple like really startling close-ups on things there's like intense close-ups like when we first get to that costume party, I think it starts with like a close up on like a mask or a bottle of champagne or something. And then it sort of zooms up and pans out and you see where you are. You're in the middle of this costume party. Mm-hmm. And also there are these really static, like distant shots. Like, um, like in one of the scenes where like he's, Again, we would have to go back and confirm, is this like a vision of his dead wife or is this him sort of having right. a weird flirtation with his assistant, Volnavia? But like, he, she's like sitting at like this little dinner table and he's approaching her. And like, it's a, a far away, it's the sort of distant, like like wide frame static shot. And there's a, a shot like that later on, I think when him and Joseph Cotton are, are confronting each other. And, like, those, there's a tension to a shot like that when it's mm. still and it's just, there's all this negative space in the frame and it's just the actors and they're far away. And there's a tension in all the things that could fill that negative space and all the movements that the actors could have, like, to fill with this, like, big static void that, that is the frame of the film. I, I think shots like that, like when used well, like really work, I, there's a chill to a shot like that in a context like this, when you truly have no idea what's going on. There's some, there's something looming in a shot with a lot of negative space like that, where it's like, okay, I think I see characters going across from one side of the screen to the other, but, what how like physically and emotionally and plot wise how you seem like you're leaving space open for something to happen what is it going to be yeah yeah i
1: i I think the only like the last thing i want to say is just kind of to reiterate that like i i i feel like there's a bunch of interesting things in here that i just i wish the the shots focused on more um whether it be the animatronics or uh, like, what is it? Like, can we learn anything more about th- uh, the wife that died based on the like the shrine yeah. that's in the air? Can we learn a little bit more about her? Uh even just like. Yeah, there's just interesting. They, like, why did they choose to do this? Like inside the mask. Shot in the thing, but you have literally nothing else like it any other time in the film. It's just an, a weird, interesting, creative decision to put that in there. I kind of wish there was something more. Like, yeah. do, could we have gotten a look from inside the prosthetics of <gasps> Vincent?
0: Oh, I'd P- like Paris's that
1: ca- character. Not sure if it would work out, but like, it, it was just, it was only used for this one scene right it yeah. was just like i man the i want to see more of that set the like weird animatronic set not just the animatronics themselves but the set like yeah give me more of a sense of place cuz like you said things are dreamlike and i think it does add to the film's kind of weird mysterious something is wrong he- here mm-hmm. but i also Want to know more? Like, why are they at this party? What is happening? Is this a real party? Is this one he threw? Are they somewhere? What's going on here? Um, I just, I, I feel like there could be more somehow, somewhere, like more or just like I I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to describe exactly, but just like there's just some weird, interesting, creative for sure Mm -hmm. but i think that's kind of all i have to say on the abominable dr fives
0: i i had a great time i recommend uh however you can track this thing down (laughs) get ready for a whole time
1: for sure yeah i'm i'm now uh interested in checking out the sequel to be like what Mm -hmm. how how does how does he get out of this one boys And what theme
0: will his murders have this time?
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, good stuff. Go go check it out. Go check it out. Do you have any other kind of last final thought that you want to add on there? Okay. I don't Uh, think so. Well, with that, let's let me open up bingo here and see if we have a something we can do with bingo. Um any good? With no time for breakfast. No Hans Zimmer score. No reaction of an animal to judge trustworthiness. You didn't have no. a tall bag of groceries. Expository art. No. What about the emblems? Those no, necklaces. No, no,
0: it's it's this is not what I am talking about with expository art. I was seeking out something very specific with expository right. art it's not just art that delivers exposition it's art that exists in universe explicitly to support exposition that a character will be delivering to another character think about like like when peter quill goes to meet his dad ego the living planet and ego the living oh, yeah. planet's got that like big ceramic egg that just tells him everything he's done or, like in Shang-Chi, where the ant is leading, is telling them about Talo and leading them through kind a hall of, like of a wooden statues of all exhibit. the stuff that happened in Talo.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, unfortunately, we cannot add to bingo at this mm-hmm. moment. Um, so, let's bring things back to the main screen here. There you go. Uh, Melissa, recommendations. Yeah. If people enjoyed this, what else might they enjoy?
0: Uh, we've rec- We've mentioned earlier that we watched Suspiria. Last year, we watched both versions of Suspiria, which uh, are from, I'm going to look that up and double check the years right now. The first right one
1: is now. another 70s one, I think, Ye- if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah. And the new uh, one is like-
1: 2018?
0: I'm almost. Oh I don't man! Remember. Why didn't I just bring this? Yeah, 1977 and 2018. especially yep. that 77 version. It's got a similar, like, really striking, colorful look to it. uh Where you feel sort that of out of structure. place, out of time. Yeah, yeah. like r- really abrupt flashes and cuts and edits, and you spend a lot of time trying to piece together what's happening. Uh, watch Suspiria. Watch. Uh, Vincent Price is on an episode of The Muppet Show Surprise there Kyle I found another way to talk About Muppets he's on <laughs> season one Episode 19 of The Muppet Show which You can find on Disney Plus And he does a number With a bunch of the monster Muppets like okay. the monster Ones and he comes Out playing an organ much like The Abominable Dr. Fives, And he starts singing You've got a friend Just call out my name. You know, wherever I am, I'll come running. And it's him and all the monsters. And it's a really sweet scene of like. There's somebody out there for everybody. And if you're one of these weird okey gokey creatures, somebody loves you. And that person is Vincent Price. And he's here for you today. It's really heartwarming.
1: Amazing.
0: And finally, I want to recommend Phantom of the Paradise. This is a movie that came out. I know I've mentioned Phantom of the Paradise before. We eventually will have to watch it. Yes. Yes, I have, Kyle. Uh, This movie came out in 1974. Uh, It was directed by Brian De Palma. And I I wonder if Dr. Fibes was at least sort of a stylistic uh, inspiration for this movie. Okay. I, I looked up the plot of this movie on Google. After record producer Swan steals the music of songwriter Winslow Leach and gives it to one of his bands, Leach s- sneaks into Swan's offices. He is caught, and fr- uh, Swan st- frames him for dealing drugs, and that lands him in prison. He breaks out. He again attempts to s- sabotage Swan's empire, and an accident crushes his face. He makes his Faustian bargain with the devil. And then while trying to get back at the devil, his head is smashed in a record pressing machine. And then he lives as this like Phantom of the Opera in this like massive um, like performance venue, just sort of haunting the place and trying to figure out a way to get revenge. And like he's sabotaging all the bands who like his songs have been stolen from. And there's this one singer named Phoenix who's played by the main girl from the 1977 Suspiria. That's why okay. I know I've mentioned this before.
1: Okay, uh, sure. And he's
0: trying to save her. He's like, I, I hate this record producer. I hate everybody who's trying to steal my songs. But her, she's a beautiful voice. I think she's pure. I think she's innocent. I need to get her out of this. I need to make sure no harm comes to her. So it's part Phantom of the Opera, part Faust, and part rock opera with songs by Paul Williams. Again, songwriter of the Muppet movie. So everything comes go. back.
1: There you go. Good stuff. Um, I I, while you've been mentioning all that, I have been scrolling through some of the stuff we have covered on our show for some more recommendations. Uh, I would also put out The Love Witch, uh, which is also it's it's a more modern film, but it also feels in a weird way sort of timeless because it feels like it's in the 70s um Mm -hmm. but they have like modern day cars and and stuff like that like a a toyota corolla is just sitting there on on the side yeah uh but it is also this like really brightly vividly colored Mm -hmm. horror story uh about this witch who is murdering all these men, men, men 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 um And uh, that movie was also fascinating and bizarre at the same time that 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 one, I think, has been one of my favorites. It's it's up there uh, with some some interesting Mm -hmm. stuff there. I I would also if, if you want the more like detective side of this thing, why not go watch Sherlock? Yeah, in a weird way, this feels kind of like an episode of Sherlock. This seems like that it's something that one of the serial killers or criminal who whoever that Sherlock would take down in an episode of of his show. uh So yeah, go watch Sherlock. Why not? Why not? Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, those those were the recommendations that I wanted to toss out there as well.
0: Okay. Solid.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, Melissa. It is my turn to do pitches for next yes. week. Um, so I we have not done a horror television show uh this month yet. So we have I not. wanted to That's true. pitch uh some horror t- TV shows. We've done movies, we've done comics. Now let's get some TV shows in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this the three series I have here, the longest one is 10 episodes. There's two okay. of them that are 10 episodes and there's one that's eight. Uh, okay. But I I, I I wanted to get some mostly recent stuff in there. My mm-hmm. p- pitch for, for, for this week actually changed a bunch Uh, oh yeah before here i was like i should do this thing but i don't know i I can't really find them on streaming platforms so i don't know if i really want to do that one yet but well
0: we're in a good time for horror tv and especially if you branch that out into just general murder lots of murder tv you can watch Mm -hmm. so uh
1: recently i signed up for a subscription to apple tv plus or whatever it's called. Uh so I wanted to, to pitch season one of Servant. Ha ha! I I had a feeling you would uh already know what this one is about. It is an M yes. night Shyamalan TV show. That's uh, my boy. and this one looks sufficiently creepy. I've seen the trailer. <laughs> uh it is bizarre.
0: <laughs> it meets the
1: creepy quota. It does. Uh, This is about a wealthy Philadelphia couple, Dorothy and Sean Turner, uh, and they experience a fracture in their marriage after the death of their 13-week-old son, Jericho. The couple undergo uh, transitory object therapy using a lifelike reborn doll after Dorothy experiences a full psychotic break. Um... The doll, which t- Dorothy believes is her real child, was the only thing that brought her out of a catatonic state following her son's death. Six weeks after, they hire a young nanny, Leanne Grayson, to move in and take care of Jericho, the reborn doll, opening their home to a mysterious force, uh, while Sean deals t- 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 with the. G- g- Grief on his own, he becomes deeply suspicious of Leanne. Um, so yeah, just a, a, a weird premise. Uh I I there's only one actor that I recognize in this, and that would be Rupert Grint from the Harry Potter May Good old Ron. Um, so that would be pitch number one. That being said, it also looks like Melissa's camera has frozen, Uh, so we are going to take a quick break while we figure out that, uh, and I'll be right back. Okay, and we are back after some quick technical difficulties. Uh, Melissa, let me get on to pitch number two here. Yeah. Uh this one is very recent. This only came out in the last week or so. This is Midnight Club on Netflix. Yeah. Uh this is a horror mystery thriller uh created by Mike Flanagan. Uh you guys might know his other shows that he's done, The Haunting of uh Hill House, the or is that it? No, right? The Haunting of Hill House and The Haunting of Blyde yes Manor. And then he Those did- are
0: his and the the
1: it's the another other, midnight thing because he's done like haunting, yeah. haunting, midnight, midnight, and then it's like
0: midnight mass or something.
1: Yes, midnight mass. That's it. So this is his most recent one. Uh, it is mm. called the Midnight Club, and it says a group of eight close, terminally ill young uh, adults reside Ooh. in the Brightcliff Home Hospice, run by an enigmatic doctor. They meet at midnight every night to tell each other scary stories. One night, they make a pact that the first one to succumb to their disease is responsible for communicating with the others from beyond the grave. After one of them dies, bizarre occurrences begin. Ah, interesting. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I have actually not seen any of Mike Fl- Flanagan's shows Me either heard nothing but great things. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, he was somehow at one point. I don't know if he still is attached to making an adaption of something is killing the children.
0: I think somehow. Oh, that sounds I, I, fitting. Yeah. I don't
1: know if he was like producing it or directing it or t- who knows what, but. Uh, something is killing the children is one of my, my current favorite Mm -hmm. (gasps) comics. Uh, so I'd like to check out one of his shows here. Uh, and this is his most recent one, the midnight club. That's pitch number two. Pitch number three. Uh, you can stream this one on Amazon. It's an Amazon original, uh, called, I know what you did last summer based on the book of the same name. And of course, if you're a a book, a horror fan, you will also know the movies uh, of the the same name, too. But this is a television show adaption. Um, Of course, this is about a group of young adults who are stalked by a brutal killer. Uh, a year after uh, this secret that they are all keeping, so uh, not. I I I feel like there's not much to say on this one, uh, yeah, because uh, it's pretty well known within the horror community. I feel like, um, yeah, but yeah. Have you seen those movies? Release the first one. I have not. You you know me. Oh. I am not a big horror fan, I- so I. I I have stayed away from all of these here. Uh,
0: first one, I, I've never seen any of the sequels. Like, I can't speak to their quality, but that first one is a good time. There you go.
1: There you go. It says uh, the Amazon Studios announced the series development in 2019 with Neil H. Moritz and or, with Neil H. Moritz and James Wan serving as executive producers. Uh, it was given straight to order series, blah, blah, blah. Cool. That came out. Mm. It premiered October 15th, 2021. So okay. there you go. That is mm. pitch number three. I know what you did last summer. Pitch number one, Servant. Pitch number two, The Midnight Club. And pitch number three, I know what you did last summer.
0: Ah, I don't think we should watch the series until you've seen at least the first movie. And we're both in the same boat with Mike Flanagan. I know him by reputation. Uh, I think I've watched like, I watched like a recap video of Dr. Sleep. Like I was like, I don't know if I'm in for Dr. Oh, Sleep. he did Dr. Sleep but I too? I think so.
1: Interesting. Okay. He's got
0: quite a horror pedigree. And does, I watched yeah. like the first episode of Haunting of Hill House to get a taste for it. And I want to continue with it. And I don't know if I should jump in and fully watch the latest thing he's done when I know he's got like such a solid history of other stuff I've been meaning to get to, I kind of want to watch some of his earlier stuff and get a bit more context for what he's doing, at least like stylistically, you know, Uh, but you know, I do have context for M night Shyamalan and you do too. We've talked about, uh, unbreakable split and glass on the show before, Uh uh, we've, um, yeah, we, of the, we, course, we've
1: seen we, a number of his May- Mayovies right. over the I, years. years. So.
0: Yeah, and he's a, the, he's had a spotty career, but for me, at least, when he hits, he hits. And I know Servant is a show that's... I haven't heard a lot about it, but I know it's gone on to several seasons. It's so at least I'm,
1: on season three. I think they've completed right. three seasons now of this show, so...
0: There's got to be something to it. I want to see his TV work. I've been meaning to check out this and Wayward Pines, uh, which has also shown up several times in the pitch rotation, and we haven't gotten to it. So let's watch season one of Servant.
1: Sounds good. And I think this is also like a kind of horror that we haven't tackled yet, really, on the show. Like just this like creepy doll, right? Like we we haven't done like creepy doll horror. (laughs) That's true. That's true. So. Cool. Good stuff. That is what we shall do for this next week. Uh, You guys can find Servant on Apple TV+. Plus. I believe season one is 10 episodes. So go go check it out. And that's what we will do for this next week. So, Melissa, where can the people find you on the Internet?
0: You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkieWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. Listen to my other podcast, Saturday Morning Obscurities, a show where me and my brother Jams talk about weird old kid shows you feel like only you remember. We had some Halloween episodes coming out this month. Cool. And if you're in the St. Louis area, come to Blueberry Hill Tuesday nights at 7, where I am hosting a free pub quiz.
1: Cool. Sounds good. That's awesome. Good stuff. If you guys want to follow me, I am at Yo Kyle Springer on Twitter you'd like to stay up to date with all the stuff that we do here at the whatnots we are at the whatnots on twitter so please go like share and subscribe that would help us out a ton You're on the youtube version we got some more videos right over there for y'all to check out uh we appreciate it that being said this is number 227 of the whatnots review show uh we will see you all next time bye bye